got the now <laughs> i had the intro ready to go and then just listening to that has completely put me off um <laughs> hello everyone welcome to back of the grid uh my name's chris and i'm joined by tom hello and by Stu. hello how are we do we enjoy testing yeah yeah it was good um uh yeah it's interesting very interesting to see the cars going around the track um lap after lap after lap after lap after lap after lap after lap <laughs> Yep. Um, they kind of experimented with showing all of testing live and having commentary for all of it for the first test, which um, seems like a thankless job to me. But <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, there were there were long old broadcasts. Those. Yeah, I don't imagine that many people stayed around to listen to every second of those. But there you go. <laughs> um, so I guess we are here to talk about testing, um, with the massive caveat that it's only testing and. It, Nothing means anything because everyone's sandbagging and no one knows what fuel they're on and all those things. But it's fun to talk about anyway. Um, uh, various people um, have kind of taken all the data and tried to shuffle the teams into some kind of representative order. Um, Karun Chandok in particular has done a lot of that kind of stuff on Twitter. And all the people who've done that seem to kind of agree on an order. So Ooh. I figure we'll go through the teams in that order. Uh, starting obviously at the front with Ferrari, who basically look fastest all the way through testing. I think it's fair to say Vettel did the overall fastest lap, a one sixteen two two one, and Leclerc was only uh, not even a hundred. No, yeah, barely a hundred slower, which potentially shows there they were getting the most out of the car at that point. Yeah, exactly a um, hundredth slower. It was yeah, yeah. exactly a hundredth. Um, they, they look faster than Mercedes for basically all of testing, but then on the last day. Hamilton managed to put in a lap that was only three thousandths slower. Um, it's worth noting that his lap was much late in the day, where it was a bit cooler um, track, even more rubbered in. Uh, but we'll get on to Mercedes mm. in a minute, I guess. Um, Ferrari did have various issues. They lost a fair chunk of time to exhaust and electrical issues in particular. Um, and then most spectacularly, a massive crash for Vettel on day six, which turned out to be a wheel rim failure. Did you guys see like the kind of head-on? footage of that failure yeah no it's kind of fascinating you can just sort of see where the one edge of the wheel rim starts to go and then the whole thing just kind of <clears throat> buckles and collapses in on itself yeah wow, wow. yeah it's quite a nasty one it was um it was an unusual sort of scenario as well wasn't it it didn't look like anything that i'd seen before now. no i don't remember the last time i saw something like that really the nearest I can think of to a wheel rim failure would be, uh, I don't know if it was last year in China or the year before, where the Haas went over the uh, drain cover. And, oh, uh, yeah, and it kind of ripped the tyre to bits. It ripped the tyre to bits and knackered up the rim that way. But um, that's the most recent wheel rim related yeah. kind of one I can think of. It's odd for a wheel rim to fail. Yeah. Very yeah. odd for a wheel to... It's, it, if it started to buckle, that would point towards the material being too thin in an area. So maybe they're trying to save too much weight in that region. Quite possibly. Wheel rims definitely seem to be an area where a lot of people have been doing development the last sort of six months to a year. So Yeah, I think that comes partly from the way that they can't blow air through the center of them anymore as part of the regulations. Yeah. Mm. So there's probably a lot of experimentation going in that kind of area in terms of brake cooling and tire cooling. The, yeah, tire warming. Oh, and tire warming, yeah, depending on what on what exactly they're doing with it, yeah. So, yeah but it depends on the team, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, on, on how the car treats its, inherently treats its tires. Yeah. Um, I've noticed a lot of cars rear wheels have the uh, corrugations and humps on them that the Mercedes had last year. Yeah, this year. Mm. So I wonder if it's anything to do with that sort of thing that they've been doing as well. All conjecture. Yep. <laughs> um, it's testing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the kind of headlines around Ferrari were, I mean, Hamilton said he reckoned Ferrari were about half a second faster. Um, from what I've sort of looked data-wise, four tenths to five tenths seems to be the ballpark in terms of quick laps. Um, 
and helpfully uh, Ferrari Mercedes both decided to do some race sims around the same time on day five or six, I think it was. And comparing those, it looks like Ferrari have got a sort of two to three tenth lap advantage, which obviously over a race distance uh, adds up very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You've done your own work this week, Chris. This is, this is a- <laughs> I'll be honest. I've mostly just read Kroon Chandok's Twitter account, but <laughs> it, it's I, so far so good, though. I mean, everything. Then again, weren't we here this time last year? Did we not come out of testing like twelve months ago, it's, saying Ferrari look very quick? It, yeah, it's it's all very circumstantial, isn't it? Like Catalonia is yeah. one track out of twenty-one. Um, and the, the cars will likely be different at different circuits, which we saw last season. You know, there were there were circuits that played into Mercedes' hands, and there were circuits that played more into Ferrari's hands. So I think you'll still see that, and there will. Yeah. Be, oh, of course, yeah, um, yeah. Well, the only, the only reason Mercedes lost in Australia last year was because of a strategy error, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the um, the virtual safety car uh, yeah. pace caught them out because you could go actually faster in the lane leading towards the pit lane than you could on the rest of the track and that's how they lost the position is that right is that am i right it was something along those lines am I remembering yeah. that correctly mm. yeah um you asked so me to remember more than a year car. ago now yeah not not, not quite. quite more than a year ago <laughs> nearly nearly though chris nearly chris come on this is a precise almost almost this precision <laughs> podcasting <laughs> <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it's not. It's not. Let's not claim anything like that. Um, yeah, moving on to Mercedes, I think it's fair to say that they didn't exactly hit the ground running. It seems to take them a little while to kind of get their head around the car. And it kind of felt like the Mercedes of old, where it sort of it works in a very narrow set of conditions. But as soon as you're outside those conditions, it's all over the shop. Mm. Um, I mean, they turned up to the second test with essentially almost entirely new body uh, bodywork and aero parts and stuff. Um, yeah, there was a significant changes in the second test. Huge changes. There? Yeah, it looked very. So the side put it. Sorry, the uh, the undercut and and the sort of rear of the body looked really much more squeezed in, didn't yeah. it? In the second test, much more tightly packed. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, some significant changes to the nose as well. For the way they, oh was... yeah, had that little bulbous mm. kind of end, didn't it? Yeah, a bulb end. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wonder how soon we're going to see a Ferrari Alpha style front wing on that Mercedes, at least in like an FP one to evaluate stuff. Yeah, because it definitely looks like they're onto something with that very different concept. Yeah. Um, um, they're, they're a nice design as well. It's, a, it's a actually a very attractive looking wing. It is, yeah. Ferrari compared to some of the other cars. And the, With them being as wide as they are, when you have everything kind of fanning outwards, it just makes them look very big and bulky. Sh- chunky, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, look at the sector times. It looked like Ferrari were faster through the first couple of sectors and then Mercedes were pulling back the time in the sort of slow final sector. Um, which, if anything, you'd expect the opposite from recent seasons, wouldn't you? Ferrari has tended to be a bit better in the sort of slower, twistier stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It has, the Mercedes is known for being sort of you know, it's, it's long wheelbase means yeah. it's sort of better through the long through the faster corners because obviously the aero is doing more work because it's got more surface to play with. Um, and yeah, the Ferrari has looked and the Red Bull as well, which we'll get to, I suppose. It looks. Always, I mean, look at it at Monaco last year, the Red Bull and the exactly, yeah, decent Monaco as well. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm walking, <laughs> I'm just wandering down, meandering down a little cul de sac of nothing. There, I do apologize. <laughs> it's all right, it's, it's been a long day. It's what we do, just, I have validated your assessment of the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. So, I guess the big question is. Are they just sandbagging, or is this a genuine deficit that they've got? Mercedes. Um, I mean, when they showed up in Australia last year, they were quicker. Yeah, than Ferrari. Yeah. Um, they're not known for pumping in fastest times in 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 testing. They never have been. Um, I think they're maybe not sandbagging as much as they have in the past, but I still think they probably are sandbagging. Yes. 
Yeah, and to be fair, to an extent, Ferrari will be as well. Like, first week of testing, there was a point where Ferrari coming out of the final corner onto the start-finish straight mm-hmm. were just not... They didn't have the foot down at all. They were just, <laughs> like, yeah. rolling around yeah, the final of... corner just to scrub a little bit of time off. Like, we've we've assessed <laughs> what we want to assess around the lap. Let's not set a lap time that anyone can draw a significant conclusion from. So, yeah. they weren't doing it so much week two i guess but it was still happening yeah it's um i love all the kind of the mind games and the underhandedness that you get in testing yeah. and i mean it almost always doesn't work like they're all watching each other they all know what each other are up to but they still kind of they do the lifting off and the sandbagging and the putting up walls in the pit lane and all that stuff because because they all know what everyone's doing anyway despite all the uh hoarding going up and and everything else like as soon as the cars go out on track every team's got photographers all around the track yeah. and formula one management have got phantoms cam- <laughs> a, fant- a bunch of phantom cameras around the track if you don't know what a phantom camera is if you ever watch the slow-mo guys youtube channel they film all their slow-mo stuff on phantoms and they're the same cameras um so they're really really super super slow-mo camera and you know you they've got all the footage of in detail zoomed in on every component of the car like it's all there <laughs> they can see how the body panels are moving you can see the ripples going through the bodywork that's amazing cameras. yeah yeah it's crazy um so yeah the, you don't need the hoarding and stuff up like every i suppose the only reason to have that up is to hide what component of the car you're working on and like how you're yeah. working yeah but in terms of what's on the car like everyone knows what's on everyone else's car so there's no point hiding it. No, even even to the point where like <laughs> the 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 Haas at one point um, came off the track and they went and collected it. And I kid you not, it was wrapped in a sleeping bag. Like <laughs> it, it, honestly, like the the whole top of the car was covered up, and they wrapped the blanket underneath and even covered the bottom of the car as well <laughs> before they put it on the low loader. Man, um, yeah, it was like fully packaged. It's like a like a gift wrapped Formula One car. Little burrito. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving down the times, Red Bull seem to have kind of resumed their recent position of not quick enough to fight the top two, but a chunk ahead of the rest of the midfield. Um, the Honda engine seems to be performing well, at least, which was, I guess, their biggest concern going into testing. Um, they had like a handful of little gremlins, but generally it seems to be much more reliable than it has been. Um, especially the first week, like out the box, they just pounded in the laps, didn't they? The first few days. Yeah. Um, they, Red Bull have since admitted that the engine packaging is quote, too aggressive, whatever you want to read into that. Mm. And they're going to revise the engine packaging before Australia. So they obviously have some concerns. Um, yeah. It sounds like like individual components, doesn't it? Rather than overall engine from what they it say. does yeah that's what i read into that that it's more kind of how the you know be it the turbo or whatever is mounted within the engine block and stuff like that so yeah which isn't a small thing <laughs> no that's kind of <laughs> fundamental to how the engine is built yeah. so but it could be to do with like spacing and stuff like that like you can yeah, yeah. You could always spread out use spaces to spread things out to let a little bit more heat out that kind of thing like the more surface area is the more um material is for heat to dissipate through so if you you only have to make you only have to add a very very fine margin to a component and add a small amount of weight to it and the implications for cooling can be quite large so yeah that's maybe something along those lines that they're talking about yeah potentially um red bull also lost a ton of time uh, after gasly had a massive crash on the penultimate day that basically lost them the best part of a day across the final two days wasn't it yeah, i think more they lost less. Um, absolutely massive crash that he had yeah. um, and it was just driver error not a failure or anything um, he, he had a couple of crashes didn't he Gasly over the yeah. couple of weeks uncannily similar yeah. to Brendan Hartley's crash in the exact same corner almost identical mm. I would say that side by side footage of the two that I found on Reddit was interesting to see because it was it was basically getting a little bit too wide onto the left-hand side, going up the hill into the fast right at turn nine and kind of 
losing the back end because of that, whether it's from it bombing yeah. out onto the um, rumble strips that are out there or something. I'm not sure, but... Very nasty one. Taller car to bits, which is not good yeah. when you've only got one car. Yeah. Um, yeah, slightly shaky start to his Red Bull career, I would say, from Gasly. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, but you know, he's a good driver. He'll bounce back from that. But you know, if you get a couple of crashes at your system in testing and then don't crash during the season, then maybe it's not all bad. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's, it's picked the right time to crash it, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. At least it was it like all. last but one day of testing and not first day of testing. <laughs> um, next has seemed to be back in their fourth best or fourth fastest car um, position. Um, they sort of went between going very fast and having massive reliability issues pretty much throughout testing. Um, but they seem to have built a quick car again. Um, yeah. It's a, it's one of those quick but not reliable cars. Yes. Hopefully they can do a bit more with that early season pace this year than they did last year because um, they threw away a lot of big points early on last year. So, Mm. Well, yeah, Australia, they lost two mm. two cars due to wheel, um, not errors. Yeah, when they it? were running fourth and fifth, I think yeah. it was. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah. awful. It's the worst. I mean, you don't get a worse result than <laughs> a worse <laughs> ending to a tell, fairy tale result than that, do you? No. Absolutely tragic. Do we care a little bit less about them now they've got rich energy plastered all over? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I just... I'm just dreading the first time they finish ahead of the road than a Red Bull because okay. it's just going to be unbearable. Mm, yeah. But hey. Mm, I'd, yeah, do we think they will? Well, they could. At some point, I'm sure they will. I'm sure we'll yeah. know about it if they do. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely know about it. <laughs> They've got the Ferrari engine. They'll probably finish more races over their season than the Red Bull. I dare bet that. Yeah, quite possibly. So if they're going to finish ahead, it'll be reliability. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's finishing ahead of a car that's not finished the race, <laughs> and there's finishing ahead on the road. They're two sure, very different things. I'm, I'm sure that won't matter to Mister Rich. I'm sure it won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, Toro Rosso um, actually topped the times a couple of days, um, but they seem to have done that the last few years, don't they? Like gone really well in testing, and then not really translated that into actual race yeah. pace other than their um was it fourth place in Bahrain last year they didn't really do many other amazing yeah things. I was just gonna say they kind of had a good start to the season they it felt like they almost forced India a little bit as in yeah. had a nice strong start that looked like they might have potential to take a good lead in the formula 1.2 or whatever it's called these days. <laughs> And, and kind of cement themselves as that that kind of best of the rest team. But then it just kind of seemed to fade away as the season, as it could, if they weren't developing or something, I don't know. But they're not a big team, are they, realistically? I know they're obviously the little team, the sister team to Red Bull. Yeah. It's still a very similar situation in that, you know, the money's going to Red Bull. It's not necessarily going to the, the small factory in Italy running the Toro Rosso team. So. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget they were also a bit of a Honda test bed for and a while that, yeah. as well, yeah. which won't have helped. Yeah. But um, the good thing is they've that it's this you know this season Honda have had twice the number of uh, engines to run mileage on. That's true during testing. That'll they help still a lot. they still covered the least miles of anyone, um, technically, but not by much. They weren't far behind Renault, and then That's and Mercedes good. did the third most. Ferrari engines did the most. That's good because in previous years they were last by a massive margin, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like even if you averaged it out as to average laps based on how many cars were fitted with them, if you looked at it like that, you know, on a car by car average, they were still a long way down previously. So it's all moving in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Renault bit of a disappointment really they've not really shown that much of a massive leap forward um definitely don't look like they're going to be fighting with sort of red bull or let alone the top two um they looked like they had particular problems through high speed corners i know 
there was one day when Ricardo was in the car and I think he was through that fast turn nine that a couple of times he had massive like wobbles and snaps at the back end and like just about caught them. It doesn't look like they've got a lot of confidence in the car underneath them, which is not what you want. Mm. Mm. Um, um, interesting thing about that car, I was, I was talking about um, earlier about the ripples going through the body in uh, the slow-mo footage that I saw. Um, the Renault had a particularly ripply body. A lot, a lot of wibblement in the... I know how they feel. Through, through, uh, yeah. um, it, uh, <laughs> um, oh, you're throwing my head um, Yeah, the, uh, you know the rain light at the back mm. of the car? Yeah. Um, so, like, on on every car, um, that rain light... That I, and I've seen slow-mos of the rear of every car. The, the rain light of the back of every car is, like, perfectly still. And no movement whatsoever. It just moves with the car. On the Renault, it was sort of rotating in little circles. Ooh. That's which is quite very weird. Yeah. So it was like um, it was almost like the it was like oscillating with the rotation of the engine. It looked like. And these are that very almost... very high speed cameras. So yeah, that was what it would have been. That almost um, sounds like chassis movement, doesn't mm, it? Because the rain yeah. lights like attached to the back end of the, the gearbox. It's attached. To yeah. It, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess so. So maybe not the chassis itself, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that was interesting. Mm, to see. That's really um, interesting. And yeah, the, can you guess which uh, car had the least wibblement in its body? Mercedes. Nope. Ferrari. No, it was the Red Bull. The Red Bull mm. looked like it had the the most uh, wibblement free body. That makes. I mean, sense. that makes sense. <laughs> I, oh, I do knew he doesn't want that. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, when you think wibblement. about it, like. Any wibblement in through the through the skin of the car. We keep, I mean, how many times can we say wibblement? <laughs> if we say enough times, it'll catch on. <laughs> it will. And it, it, so, like the more ripply the body is, the more that's gonna. If you're traveling at high speed and the air's sort of going over those ripples, that's gonna move the air away from the body of the car, and that's not what you want. You want the air to be, <laughs> uh, you know, moving in line with the car and have no and a nice smooth, non-turbulent thing to get the most most efficiency from your from your aerodynamic surfaces yeah so it's very interesting was, yeah it's very interesting to see and it looks fascinating as well to see it in slow motion just imagine like a um a wobble board <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what if Anthony davison gets on his sky pad and starts showing us wibblement at some point <laughs> this season we're on to you and yeah he's clearly listening isn't it <laughs> start, we know you're listening anyone that uses the word wibblement within um, an F1 <laughs> broadcast other than this one is clearly listening to us. <laughs> we've, we've, we've trademarked it now. We've yeah, we it. need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, McLaren next. Um, also started pretty strong, put in way more laps than they have the last three or four years of testing. Um, they did have a few reliability issues sort of creeping in throughout the second week. Um it didn't look terrible though. It definitely looked like an improvement on the last few years. I think it's fair to say. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say not so. by a lot, but it is an improvement. No, I think so. I, I'm. I'm wondering why you've got them. I feel like they're a bit higher up than what you've got them. So you got them sick fear from from the the number crunching that other people have done. <laughs> this is sort of the ballpark. It is worth saying that behind Red Bull, it's ridiculously close close between pretty much everyone all but one team which we'll get to yeah yeah but that's going to be exciting qualifying then isn't it if they're all that close oh yeah definitely um it also generally looks like the field as a whole has crept a bit close together as well like the gap from red bull to the two at front and from red bull back to the midfield seems to have squished down a bit as well so Mm. hopefully that will pan out um it is worth noting on McLaren that Barcelona has actually been one of their best circuits for the last couple of years. They've had some of their better results there. So maybe the fact that we test in Barcelona is flattering them slightly. Um, yeah, could absolutely be the case. Yes. But I think we all want them to do well. So there's hope. There is hope for Mercedes. There is yes. a bit of hope, yeah. <laughs> um, next, Alfa Romeo, um, who like came out the gates just flying around like they were setting fastest times all over the shop um but i think they kind of showed their hand quite early um and everyone else kind of caught up across the two weeks i think it's definitely looks like they've got a decent car underneath them especially with that ferrari-esque front wing 
Um, particularly in the hands of Raikkonen, he put in some pretty uh, yeah. good laps and some decent long runs. Yeah, I feel like the, you've got the alpha way too far down it. Sorry to sort of... <laughs> Again, not, not, not my numbers. <laughs> I feel like the alpha is way higher up than this. I felt, It surprised I felt, me, actually, it was this far down, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think the alpha is at least fifth, maybe even fourth for me. But That's what I would expect as well. I, yeah. I personally, after looking at the alpha, think that it's a, it's a good challenger for that sort of best of the rest little battle that we see. I think they'll be hovering around that kind of area, especially with Raikkonen in it. Yeah, the key thing for that car is going to be tyre management. I think once you get to the once we get into this end of the sort of spectrum of of who's fastest, who's slowest, tyre management could come into it over over a race distance. You know, like yeah, the guys further ahead might have put better times in, but. If if this car's better on its tires, then that could be the difference. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because um, we all know, like Mercedes, during that season when they were much better on their tires than any other team, they just abs. I mean, obviously it wasn't just tires, but they still it contributed to a huge the huge domination that they had um, in the early part of this sort of engine formula. So it just shows you how much of a difference tire tire management makes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We're back to talking about tyres. <laughs> tyres, yeah, no. That's why I laughed. I'm like, oh, God, why yeah. am I doing this? Checking myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, next on the list is racing points, which I've still not got used to saying. Um, the general consensus of them seems to be that they've just not shown their hand at all, and they're a bit of an unknown. Like, they've had sort of glimpses of being quick, and they're not really shown much more than that. So you'd expect them to be up there with the kind of the chasing pack behind the Red Bull, but they haven't really shown that yet, which is interesting. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely, they've, they've got something that, that team, they they look very quiet all, or for the whole two weeks, yeah. they really quiet in general, team. not just in terms of like car quiet. Like they've not really, I've not really seen many quotes from their no. personnel or drivers or anything. Yeah. Perez knows the sport and the car well enough now, I think, to yeah. to be able to help guide them as well in the right direction of, you know, what what needs to happen if something needs to happen with it. So, like you're saying there, I think that maybe they've got a little bit of something that they don't want to quite hit the headlines as as being quick because it takes everyone's eyes away from them if they stay under the radar. Obviously, if they turn up in Australia and are suddenly pushing like the top three, then I, d- yeah. I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> but if they did, then <laughs> eyes will be all on them. But I think that's where you'll probably see the hand, isn't it? Is sort of come Saturday in Melbourne. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and a quick note on um, five-spoke wheel watch. Um, oh, they've, yeah. got, they've got a sexy five-spoke front wheel. In the, Ooh, in the very nice. Point. Yeah, yeah, in black as well. It's very mm. nice. Stu's new favourite team. <laughs> um, I have to split responsibility <laughs> between them and McLaren. <laughs> uh, and then finally we get to poor old Williams, um, who lost the best part of two days of testing and have basically been pretty slow throughout. Um, Kavika did the least laps of everyone. He only did 268 laps across testing. Uh, he's never did more than 15 laps in a single run, Whoa. which is not good when you're um, on the way to a 70 lap race or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, Having, he said, coming back from eight years away. Exactly. Yeah. Well. yeah. Doesn't bode well. Um, he said he only feels 20% prepared for the first race, which Ooh. is not good. Um, I, I think they're going to be t- treating that first race as a test, aren't they, really? Um, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if you maybe saw some serious mileage from them in free practice sessions because obviously those those sessions yeah. first cards yeah, I imagine those, those sessions yeah. can sometimes be a little quiet but yeah. I've got a feeling that a team like that that's struggled to get the consistent laps in, in testing is probably going to need as much time as possible during free practice yeah yep. for sure they'll be pounding around from lights to flag every session yeah yeah i think a few teams will to be honest yeah, yeah i think so um the, as this kind of resulted them being late having the car ready they were also late having spares ready which meant by the last day they basically had run out of 
spare parts, which means they were ran out of useful testing essentially. So they kind of lost time at the end as well as the start of the oh, test no. as a result of the same problem, um, which is not good. Uh, George Russell admitted that they basically had the slowest car, but said they've made some big gains to their testing. And Paddy Lowe said that they've made massive steps forward from last year's car. Um, but it, it still looks like they're really, really struggling. And then for good measure, there are rumours today, um, very much emphasise the word rumours, <laughs> that there have been people looking at their front suspension and then with their wing mirrors um, <clears throat> and that there's a good chance they are going to be uh, declared illegal by the FIA. Um, the wing mirrors, I can understand. The wing mirrors look suspect. <laughs> yeah, but you can change your wing mirror mountings fairly quickly and easily. Yeah. If they have suspension issues that's a massive thing yeah. to have to change yeah. that's that's um, a problem hopefully this is just <clears throat> rumor and it's all of nothing i mean there's also a rumor at one point that they weren't even going to have two cars ready for australia so what has gone know, wrong yeah i mean that i think that's nonsense but and hopefully this is as well because you don't want to see teams struggling like this no mm. not at all um but there you go that is pretty much every team and the great thing is, everyone will have a different car in Australia, so it'll yeah, be exactly. back to zero, and we can <laughs> do it all again. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely looking interestingly poised. Yeah, the, the development race started a week ago at the end of, oh well, uh, yeah, a week yeah. Ago at the end of testing. No, not a week ago. Is it a week ago? Yeah. Yes. What time is it? Where are we? <laughs> not quite <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> what time is it? Where are I'm we? I'm Stu. You're... Chris, you're Tom. <laughs> Let's Hi, go everyone. back to the beginning. <laughs> um, speaking of Australia, their Pirelli released the first uh, tyre allocations. Um, uh, and we have to get used to the different tyre names now. For those interested, it's the C2, C3 and oh. C4 tyres. For those not interested, it's the hard, medium and soft like it will be every race. <laughs> um, no, Chris, it's the white, hard, yellow, medium, red, soft. According to Sorry, yes. Jesus. Pointlessly um, labeled with the colours, sorry. <laughs> yeah, unsurprisingly, most people have gone for almost the full allocation of softs with a handful of the others. Um read into that what you will. It's literally the same as last year. It's almost exactly the same as last year, yeah. Yeah. Every race everyone would go loads of softs. I almost expected some more conservative choices given that this is the first race. Because these are like brand, brand new tires. Yeah. Um although they're still, you know, medium, hard, soft, super soft, technically. They're actually completely different compounds last year. Mm. They're thinner um, tread depths and stuff. So given that this is a bit of an unknown, I thought more people would play it a little bit safer. Like if it turns out those softs can only do 10 laps around that track, everyone's mm. going to be in a lot of trouble. But uh, They've got so much data though, haven't they? They've been coming to this track for years and years and years. I don't think it's been particularly resurfaced that much this season. No, I don't um, think so. Mercedes have done 18 Grand Prix distances just in testing. Um, That's wild. Nearly done the season <laughs> for a car. Yeah, literally <laughs> yeah. almost done a whole season's worth of running in, in the car. Um, for Ireland, eight days. Just over 15. Um, and then most of the midfield have done between 14 and 13, 12. And then Williams just eight and a half Grand Prix distances. That's crazy. I was going to make a very context. mean joke about that. That's probably all they've finished, but that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> too hard I've done it now anyway by bringing it up but <laughs> sorry Williams fans but I am one of you te technically <laughs> yeah I, want, I really want Williams to get it together like I would love for him to show up in Australia with like a totally new package and just absolutely hammer everyone I know that's not really realistic that won't happen but like I'll still. just take them being in the fight in the midfield like that's all I really want from yeah. them but it, at the moment it looks like they're just going to be plumb last again mm. It's anyway, worrying. it's very worrying. On to slightly happier news. Um, in the world of Formula E, uh, Formula E is returning to London. Uh, in Yay! For the 1920 season, specifically uh, July 25th and 26th, which is my birthday. So that'll be a nice Ooh. birthday present for me. I'm going to steal your identity now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, you, you can just come with me. Like that, no, That's a lot less work. Your identity is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the race is going to be taking place at the Excel Center, which is, for those of you who don't know, a big kind of convention center, which is out in the Docklands in East London. 
um, the interesting thing is that part of the track is going to be inside the convention center, like some kind yeah. of go-karting center in a industrial estate somewhere, um, which is mad. Yeah, the start-finish straight is indoors, um, and then the pit lane is outdoors, kind of running along the side of the river next to the building. Um, and it, from looking at kind of Google Street View and stuff, it looks like the track's actually going to use ramps to go up into the building and down back out of the building. It's it looks mad, but again, it's again, it's like only Formula E would do something like yeah. this. Like no other racing series would. Like they they faffed around with the tent in Berlin a couple of years ago and the the fire extinguishers and all that business, which we very much enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> so now they've, they've moved on from pretend outdoors in a tent to real indoors <laughs> in a convention center. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty it's, cool, that. It's, it's almost like Jim Carner kind of yeah, vibe. Yeah. I was going to say, the indoor section must have like a Race of Champions kind of feel to it as well. Because that's, that's obviously yeah, definitely. usually an indoor kind of stadium setting, isn't it? So... The, yeah. the really cool thing is if like if it is an indoor stadium and it's a proper stadium setup, then you're gonna have like all the all the seats, big seats and grandstands. It's gonna be like an amphitheater yeah. of of motorsport, which is which is why the uh, race of champions is so great because it's always in some sort of stadium, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like you say, and yeah, um, I can't wait. I'm, I will definitely be there wearing. My, oh, absolutely. Wearing my back of the grid T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not even just a token bit of track indoors. There's like, it's it's the start finish straight and there's like four corners and it looks like turn one is like a potential overtaking spot. So sick. it's not just going to be like you stood there indoors for the novelty of it, watching them drive past you single file. Like you actually might get to see some racing. And it's yeah. also, I don't know if you've ever been to the Excel Center, but it is colossal. So they, they can make the track down there as wide as they want pretty much. Yeah. Sick. Um, uh, I've, never, I've never actually been to it. I'm... Someone at work did point out that there's a Costa somewhere in the middle of that bit, <gasps> which looks fairly permanent, but hopefully they can find a way to move that because... Drive through. <laughs> looking at the track, Mac, it looks like it's going, the track's going very close to a Costa. <laughs> well, that's pretty other cool. coffee companies out, are available. Out of interest, yeah, it's a, it's I will be there later this month for something. So ah, I will, you can I will do a around. track walk based on the map off the Formula E website and, and tell <laughs> yeah, you how it is. Do. You should. That'd be so good. I'll come and film it. <laughs> That's a really good idea. <laughs> Next up, uh, a bit of Jensen Button news, which I'm only really throwing in because we all like Jensen Button. It's nice to know what it's up to. <laughs> um, he's obviously doing his IndyCar bits and bobs and he's defending his um, Super GT title in Japan. But he's also got two new sort of racing endeavors this year. Uh, he's he doesn't look like he's driving yet, but he is backing a team that's going to be in the GT Series Endurance Cup, uh, which is going to be called Jensen Team Rocket RJN. Um, uh, Rocket being the karting team that his dad used to run, and he's not, kind of bringing that name back into racing, which is very cool. Yeah. Not the uh, bad guys from Pokemon. <laughs> no, very different Team Rocket. Different Team Rocket. They won't be blasting off again. No, well, hopefully not. Well, <laughs> blasting off in a yeah. good way. Not in, in a, a good way, yeah. Yeah. Blasting um, off the line. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to be racing uh, Honda NSX in sort of GT endurance series. There was talk of them entering Le Mans as well, but I had a quick look at the entry list and they're not on there, unfortunately. Um, where he's driving is in the Mint 400 and the Baja 1000 off-road races in the trophy oh, truck nice. category. That is cool. Yes. Uh, it's him, uh, Chris Buncombe, who is a former Le Mans LMP2 winner, and a guy called Mazan Fawaz, who just appears to be their mate, <laughs> um, which also raced under the Rocket Motorsport banner. But I mostly included this for the quotes that Jensen Button posted when he announced this. Um, after the first time they tested their big trophy truck thing, Jensen said, it feels like everything I've learned over the past 30 years, I might as well throw in a box, pour fuel on and set a light. Mm. Uh, Chris said, the truck does everything I don't want a race car to do. And Maz said, I just want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, well. But the coolest thing about all of this is both the GT and the trophy truck uh, are painted in Jensen's new team colours, which are a familiar white and fluorescent yellow. Oh, really? Yes, that's good. right. I need to see these. I will get. I'll um, get you the you picture do, right do, now. I'm li- hit I, me. Yeah, hit I, me I, I was already doing it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> in, in advance of knowing that I wouldn't have seen this, yeah. <laughs> they look so cool. 
I every every time we see new F1 liveries, I just miss the Braun GP. So the it's Braun really GP. nice to have. Oh, it's still man. my probably my favorite looking F1 car of all time. I remember those days. Those were the good old days, the Braun GP days. That looks absolutely awesome. That looks They're so, so good, cool. aren't they? Yeah. Uh, if you want to see these pictures, um, have a look at Jensen's Instagram, and he's got pictures of both of them yeah, on there. And, and his Twitter feed oh, as well. Have you seen the um, the NSX in the same colours as well? No, I haven't. I have a feeling I'm about to. You are about to. <laughs> um, just a quick note on the uh, on the trophy truck cars. Does anybody can anybody tell me how far the suspension that looks cool? Can anyone tell me how far the suspension travels on a trophy truck? Probably about six foot or something stupid <laughs> like that. <isn't> it? <laughs> um, Sixteen inches. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> So yeah. more than one foot. <laughs> yeah. So Jensen's buttons, buttons life has just become like a game of like dirt rally or Forza Motorsport. Yeah, or pretty much. Yeah. It's like, what do I want to race today? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's that. like when you do your like career in a racing game and you just like go around and drive a bit of everything. Like that is yeah, what yeah. he's doing now. Yeah. It's so th- these cars look amazing. You've got to they're great. Guys, aren't you've they? got to see them. Yeah, yeah, they look so cool. Um, oh, he's going to be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, very jealous of Jensen Button today. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do some inbox? Yeah. yeah. Someone else want to do some talking because I've done lots of it this week. Yeah. Shall I get this first one in? Yeah, you go first, and we'll alternate a little bit. Okay, just a little bit of alternation. Just a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Every other comment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't complicate it. <laughs> um, George Coleman says, do you think Leclerc will be on the pace right away? And how long do you think it will take for him to win a race if he wins one? Um, yes, he will be on the pace right away. He was on the pace. He's, he's, had, to six, he's had 20 rounds of practice, so yeah, he'll be on the pace. Um, yeah, testing definitely says so. Yeah, yeah, and how long will it take him to for him to win a race? I think he can win the first race Ooh. if they give him the car. I absolutely think he can win Australia. Will he be bold enough to go there in Predictions League? That will be the question. Well, I was going to say, I've oh. already been agonising over my first week of Predictions League, and I am oh. tempted to have him for the win. Don't put that darkness on me. <laughs> what about oh, no. putting him in your fantasy team? That's, this is a whole well, other segue. Actually, we'll, we'll get was, to that in a minute. Yeah, I was yeah. looking at my. Well, I was. You mentioned it. I was looking at my fantasy team today. There's some. It's very difficult this season it is. to think. The, yeah. They've got a new uh, feature in this where you can change your um, team at any point in the season. You can change more than you can make more than one change, but it costs you ten points. Ooh. Yeah, it's very similar. Oh, to we doing that? Um, mm. The Premier League football slash soccer, depending on where in the world you are. There's a very similar feature in there, and I like it. It's very makes it very interesting. Just a clean yeah, sweep it adds an adds an adds an ugh, can't speak adds an extra layer of depth to uh, yeah. to it, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So that's that answers that one. I think. I think so. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. add anything to you, Chris? Uh, no, I, I yeah, I agree. I'm toying with him as my winner for Australia. Okay. David Sinnott says, "I think it's Vettel's year. Hopefully, Dan can also get a few podiums." Thanks, David. Again, I feel like this point last year, we also said that we thought it was Vettel's year. And... Yeah, I mean, f- well, for the first half of the season, it looked like it could be. Yeah. Yep. Until he fell off the cliff. Dan getting um, a couple of podiums, I'm not as sure about. Yeah, I mean, he might struggle in that car. Probably. Well, it, he'll beat Hulkenberg to one, that's for sure. Mm. Um, <laughs> how bad would it be if Hulkenberg... Like, for- Ricardo, I mean, how bad it would it be if Hulkenberg finally got a podium before Ricardo <laughs> yeah. got one in the team? But how yeah. how much is Hulkenberg just expecting that Ricardo is going to beat him to the first podium of the season? There you know, yeah. that's that's like a really interesting dynamic between those two. I'm looking forward is, to watching yeah. that one unfold this season because he obviously Hulkenberg is very very highly rated, and um, uh, so is Ricardo. He's, he's a race winner. Um, so how they stack up against each other will be. I mean, this is the real test. This is the first proper proper test that David uh, that Nico Hulk, David Hulkenberg is that <laughs> um, Nico Hulkenberg's uh, gonna have. I think. Yeah, definitely. He's always <laughs> so, been. Sorry, I've just lost my mind a little bit to David Hulkenberg. <laughs> yeah, no. I, for some reason, I was speaking of David Coulthard, and I, I don't know why. I do not know why. It just pops in my head sometimes. Oh, it happens. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Brooke Archer and James Archer say, we have nothing to add, but want to be involved. <laughs> well, well uh, you are now. Uh, <laughs> well, go, Brooke, good to have you on board. Brooke and James Archer, hi, you're involved. <laughs> They're just trying to keep uh, a streak of contributing every yeah. single week. We I'm ask. so glad I don't have to read out this next Twitter handle. Um, K Mengham, 95. Um, I'm assuming it's an initial. That's how I'm pronouncing it. Um, That's what I go for. Uh, who do you think wins in Kvyat versus Alban? I think both are hugely underrated, but Alex wins it. Ooh, well, um, Kvyat's got podiums, though, doesn't he, in Formula One? He does have podiums. True. They're wearing the red um, ball, though, not the Toro Rosso. I guess you mean he's got the experience, but... Yeah, he's 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 proved himself to be a podium mm. finisher in a Formula One car. Yeah, I think what I always come back to is that if you you look at like the the more recent graduates to F one, like your Gaslys, your Giovinazzi's, your Leclerc's, like those sort of drivers, they all have named Albon over the years as like the guy that they rate the highest of kind of that sort of era of young drivers um so i i really think albon's gonna smash kvyat to be honest mm. there you go that answers that one for and i also and... i also sadly feel like once he does start beating him um kvyat will just like have a bit of a wobble it feels like he, he he's um destabilized quite easily i think kvyat under the wrong circumstances and i fear that might happen to mm. him again yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as as soon as he has a slight coming together with Sebastian Vettel, Vettel's going to kick off again, isn't he? I can't <laughs> wait for that yeah. to happen. Like you know, they're going to like touch wheels or something at some point, and Vettel's just going to absolutely kick off. And then um, he'll get uh, fired, and then Verstappen will win. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's what happens. <laughs> um, while we're on the subject of driver pairings, it feels like a good time to ask this one: Who's what's your favourite? Prospect in terms of driver pairings in the in in the inter team battles this season. Have we done this? Have we did we do this? Uh, we've not. Not really. I, I think for me, my most sort of anticipated one is how well Leclerc does stack up against Vettel. But yeah, it, it's the same for me. It's the disadvantage of how much the team will favour one driver over the other, which we know that Ferrari are known for. Um, we do, but they've got a new boss this season. That is they? true. Pitwall, so that is things, true. Uh, things might be slightly different this year. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'd say probably for me as well. I, that I'm, I'm excited. There's, there's so many good pairings this year. Like it's hard, It's really hard to pick one. The, the, the Vettel Leclerc one's really, really exciting. As we've mentioned, Hulkenberg, Ricardo, that's exciting. Um, Russell and Kubica, I think I'm excited to see. Even though they're in the slowest car, just like that that sort of experienced versus young blood kind of thing is just a really you don't get sort of it's, it's that's a really interesting dynamic, especially yeah. given that Kubica has been away for such a long time. Like I, I want both to do really really well, and I don't really have a dog in that fight, if you want to put it like that. But like it's still exciting to see. Um, who else we got through the grid? Kimi and Giovinazzi. I think Kimi will rinse Giovinazzi. I'm not so sure myself, but I'm prepared to be proven wrong. <laughs> it's it's one I'd be interested in seeing for sure. Those two. What's your favourite, Chris? I think I think it's I think it's Vettel and Leclerc for me as well. I just you know it, it's easy to get caught up in the hype, but I really really think Leclerc is actually going to turn up and give Vettel a real run for his money. I'm yeah. very excited about that. Again, if he's allowed to. <laughs> if he's allowed to, yeah. Um, and watching that, that that could... And even Bottas, Bottas as well. Bottas Hamilton's an amazing fight this season. Like, we've barely spoke about those guys. And Bottas had such a, a rough year last year. And he's been working... So, I know he's been working really, yeah. really, really hard in the off-season this year. Because it really affected him. What happened last year with you know with the uh, having to give up the podium place, he was robbed in Baku as well by that tire explode by the yep. debris. Um, he should have won two races. He was right in it for the first sort at of at least two. F- yeah, he was right in the championship for the first sort of quarter of the season. Um, yeah, he, a bit, he had a lot of bad luck last year, and he he sort of went off the boil a little bit, didn't he? As a result yeah. of the bad luck, I guess. Yeah. 
But um, he'll be hoping to come back really, really hard and hit the ground running this season. So I'm very excited to see the prospect of those two. We could have a four-way fight, easily have a four-way fight for the championship this year. Oh, I really hope so. And I think it could go. Da- I think it'll go right down to the wire. I really do. Yeah. Um, shall we do the next thing? <laughs> yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> Sorry, we absolutely went off on one. Um, uh, where are we? D- uh, Dat's life. Say, yes. who will be the biggest overachiever and the biggest underachiever in 2019? For me, uh, that this is Dat's life saying. Um, over their overachiever will be Albon, and their underachiever will be Stroll slash Racing Point. <laughs> Oof. That's life not pulling their punches as it's usual. a good question, that. Is a good question. I um, think overachiever might be Russell. I think despite mm. the car, he might pull out a couple of mm. uh, unexpected results. Yeah, he's got the goods. His, his F2 championship was built on scraping results back from sort of disaster basically there was a number of times when he found himself at the back and clawed his way back into a solid position and yeah i can see him pulling off something like that a couple of times yeah it's just a shame he's not in a car that's going to be strictly capable of yeah it's going to need specific circumstances for him to be able to do it i think yeah tom what's yours i don't know i was trying to think about an overachiever um I think it is it just as a team alpha maybe. I think I think there's maybe something there that they're holding back on a little bit like what we were talking about with the racing point earlier where they've got an advantage of sort of being linked with Ferrari. I think there might mm-hmm. be something there that that sees them pick up some notable results this season. Yeah. So I think it well they've got a great driver in Kimi Raikkonen. Very they? true. Yeah. Don't know about underachiever. Yep. Probably just Williams as a whole. Even if, even if like Russell and Kubica drive the wheels off the car, the car will probably be an underachiever by a long way. Hmm. <clears throat> I think potentially for underachiever Haas, like they, there's quite a bit of bravado around them, and obviously they've had a really impressive first couple of seasons in F1. But I think there's a chance they're going to have a bit of a reality check this year. Yeah, mm. I was I was going to say Haas as well for my underachiever, just because you've got up and coming um, Alfa Romeo sort of with a stronger relationship with Ferrari probably than what they that probably than what Haas have got. Yeah, at this point, um, since they're both owned by largely owned by Fiat Group, and you know Fiat have decided to put the money into Alfa. Um, overachiever. Uh, I want to agree with you, Chris. I think I'd love to see Russell overachieve. Norris as well. No, I'd, I really want to see a rookie do one of the one of the good rookies in in not a great car do a really really good job. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be greedy. I'm gonna pick two. I'm gonna <laughs> say <laughs> Russell and Norris. I'd love to see those two because one day, make no mistake, if you know they play their cards right and they they keep their chins up through this season, they'll be in fast cars in the oh, future. Oh, absolutely. So. Um, that, that's mine. Oh, it's my turn to read one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to read one. It's my turn. Uh, Philip Mays asks, can you discuss the difference in the environment of the teams? Like the pictures of Kimmy modifying his own seat that would have never happened <laughs> at Ferrari. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a good one, that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's difficult to, it's a difficult discussion to have because none of us have actually worked for any of the teams. Have we? No, we've only read and and kind of sort of. I know McLaren are kind of like grey. <laughs> Ron, Dennis, <laughs> well, when, I read Adrian Newey's book, and he said that Ron Dennis loved grey. And then when Adrian Newey showed up and sort of put all his own artwork up in his office, and and you know showed up wearing jeans and a shirt, and <laughs> started colouring things in. And Ron Dennis didn't like it very much. <laughs> uh, Williams has supposedly been a Mark Webber doesn't really rate Williams very highly. I know that, but that's going back sort of 15, 20 years that now. Yeah. Um it's hard, it's hard to say from from yeah. here, I think. Yeah, I think in terms of like things like drivers doing mechanical work themselves and stuff, I think that's 
partially just down to like numbers of personnel. Like Alpha do not employ nearly as many people as Ferrari do. Yeah. Um, and I think just like the kind of media image side of it plays a part as well. Like I feel like at some of the bigger teams, the PR people wouldn't like the image of one of their drivers having to do some manual yeah. labor. You know, that, that doesn't track well for their image. Yeah. In quotation marks. Yeah. I actually love that Kimmy did that. It, I it do. Yeah. Of like hydraulic, tra- hydraulic press guy <laughs> just doing his own thing. <laughs> like, do you know the YouTube channel where they're yeah. just making like ramshackle stuff all the time <laughs> on there? It reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, I, I like it because it's it's a, a little bit of a throwback in a way where drivers used to be part of the mechanic crew for their own car way back when. Yeah. Like, obviously, we'd you know, as the teams have grown over the years, it's happened less and less to the point where they're not involved at all, really, if, in that side. But yeah, it's it's nice to see. I think, and to be honest, I bet Kimmy quite enjoyed doing it. It looks like he's having a good time. If you watch the little video that he posted on his Instagram of him, like kind of angle grinding bits of the seat down and stuff and fitting <laughs> bits, he looks like he was having a pretty good time. Oh yeah, he loves that stuff. <laughs> I think the comment on it was something like, um, it was something about like, I didn't go to school for nothing or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's, I think it's cool. I, I, yeah. I like that. I, that, that. I like to see stuff like that. Where it's just like, he's mucking in. He's not above the team. No one's, he's just, it's just that that it's that typical Kimmy just get on with it attitude. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah. That, and and it, it's very endearing. Like I, I really like that. Um. Yeah. Anyone else got anything more on that? Oh no. Nope. No. No. Yeah. Um. Zach and Cheese. Nice. Strong name. Um. Zach and Cheese says thoughts on Mercedes expectations this year. They were obviously sandbagging in testing, which makes me think that they might not be that much slower than Ferrari, like they said. Maybe only a uh, um. 300th slower Zach and Cheese. (laughs) Also, who do you think will be the best rookie of the year? I'd say Lando, but apparently the McLaren is, and he rounds this message off with two vomit emojis. Oh, dear. (laughs) That's a shame. Yeah. Um, I mean, expectations, like anything other than both world titles, is a failure for them at the end of the day. Um, I I do think they're sandbagging, but I also do think... The Ferrari is fastest right now. Yeah, I think it's gonna be close, but Ferrari definitely have the edge. Yeah, I for think me. at the end of testing, definitely. I think by the time they get to Australia now, I think Mercedes are out developing. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, in terms of the rookie thing, it's it depends on how you judge it. Like, I think George Russell should have a good season, um, personally. And I think that he might show some very good promise in an F1 car. His problem is that the F1 car he'll be in is that Williams. So he's not going to be the highest scoring rookie and and finish the highest up the table. But I think he will hopefully be able to end the season with his head held high as outperforming that car. I think that the others will probably perform within the limits of the cars that they're all in individually. But... I think he will possibly stand out for that reason of being able to out mm. outperform that Williams. Yeah, that's a that's a that's some strong analysis, Tom. Mm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I certainly hope you're right. I do as yeah. well. Um, I think you probably are right. I think if anyone can, if anyone's going to, if any rookies are going to outperform a car, it's probably going to be George. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. No bias here. <laughs> um, <laughs> David. Just simply David says, how much of a difference do you think the aero changes will make when it comes to the cars following each other? Do you think uh, we will visibly see them gaining close, etc.? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> luckily, a couple of drivers have kind of answered this for us already from testing. Um, Perez was very positive. He said that <clears throat> the rule makers have done an incredible job in the new aero rules. Um, don't bet that. Um, Bottas also said that he spent some time running behind someone else and it definitely felt like you didn't lose as much being behind someone and you could get closer. Um, and I think Magnussen said much the same. Uh, 
which is a big positive for me because Magnuson's not the kind of guy who says things just for the sake of saying the right thing. He, he's definitely someone who speaks his mind. So if he's positive, yeah. that probably bodes well. A couple of guys weren't quite so positive, um, but the rumblings seem to be that it's definitely in the right direction, I think. Yeah. I think as well the, the the thing to consider is making these changes after the last few seasons of what we've come from, it's not just going to suddenly be perfect this season and like you say there because it sounds like it's a step in the right direction but if they yeah. if they keep an eye on you know what improvements it has made what it's not changed and so on and so forth i think that and, and future change for whether it's the 2020 season or the 2021 whatever you can fine-tune this now but if this gives us a nice solid sort of base to work with for a few seasons that's a positive in my eyes um, even if we yeah. further enhance it in the next couple of years yeah i'm 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 with you i think having having sadly spent a lot of time watching that first week of testing hmm. um i i did see on a few occasions cars following each other and they did look much more comfortable following each, they visibly did look much more comfortable following each other and they look like they could get closer in answer to your question um so in testing at least they've definitely looked closer but again it's hard because it's testing you don't know what kind of fuel load the car is on the in in the in the the car ahead it's yeah it's hard to say at this stage but we'll we will know in australia and the thing i the thing i will say is don't watch the Australian Grand Prix expecting loads and loads of overtaking as no. a result of these rules because it is not a very overtakey track. Yeah. Um the overtaking will come at the next race in in China, I want to say. China. China. I, sh- I should know this. <laughs> yeah. That's a um, niche reference if anyone's ever seen that video. I think it's or is it Bahrain second? China. <laughs> oh, but is it Bahrain it's Bahrain or China the second? I think it's Bahrain second. So it's, yeah, it's Bahrain. It is yes Bahrain. Yeah. yeah, it's Bahrain. So I mean Bahrain there's some good passing opportunities there as well so, yeah. yeah it's exactly what happened last year like australia was a bit of a dud and everyone went oh no they've ruined formula one it's gonna be terrible and then bahrain was just an absolute barnstormer so yeah. as you say imagine we'll have much the same this year yeah. yeah and um yeah so if you're listening just if it's a, if it's not a very overtaking on p just keep your air on before you yeah. go on, on, on reddit and start kicking off. <laughs> <laughs> just chill. Just chill out for, a, for just wait a couple of races. All right, don't don't go mental. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got a couple more emails, have we? Yeah, we've got two that have come to the directly to the inbox box box. Um, oh wow! Straight into your DMs. Yeah, they slipped right in there. Um, <laughs> let's see. The Jean Dennis Delatraz posting experience Ray. has returned. Ray. Oh goodness gracious! It's been okay. a while, Jean Dennis. Yeah, has. I've not even read this one properly myself because it's quite a paragraph. So Ooh, here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm sending this from my head engineer's big boy desk over at Williams, and in my haste to burn these glossy photos of Lance Stroll's massive face, um, <laughs> Carl from the pit crew has hot glued onto my laptop screen. I've deleted the research for the coming season. I'm not worried though, even though it derails. The rehiring and start of Pastor Maldonado comeback story. I'm not like Charles Leclerc, who is living rent free inside Sebastian Vettel's head, or like Tony Fernandez when he sold and saved Catrium, <laughs> a team that notably still exists. Even though I may have lost all our hard work, I rest easy in the knowledge that we lost maybe four tenths of a second on average at the most in our noble battle for 18th place, still as relevant as ever. <laughs> <laughs> Satire at its finest, I do believe, right there. Very good. Very, very good. Um, Was there a question in there somewhere? No, I think it was just just a general statement. Um, It's nice nice to touch bases. Always nice to touch bases. Good to hear from you. Going back to an earlier question, I guess now we know what it's like at Williams. They hot glue glue pictures of people's faces to each other's laptops, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the other one that came direct to the inbox is from someone called Malik. Uh, It says... When you listen to the oldest Back of the Grid podcasts on Spotify, oh. you realize that Tom was the original Meow guy. Tom, was it you at the USGP? Don't lie, you can tell us. 
Um, <laughs> did I do in Yawn one time or something? Maybe. Apparently. I must have. I'm going to have to go back and check because I genuinely don't Maybe. remember doing it. Yeah, yet. let us know. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, let us know which episode that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued. I want to know that. Yeah. And I'm I don't remember gonna, you going I'm, to Austin, there's, Tom. There's but... just no way I'm going to go back and listen to them all either. No. <laughs> no way on this earth. <laughs> have you ever tried listening to our early episodes? Yes. It's awful. It's awful. It's I, mean, I, I still can't listen to the current ones. So no. <laughs> <laughs> what a review that is. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, on, the, on that note, shall we wrap up that's for the it. week? <laughs> yeah, let's. let's. Let's blast off again. Let's thank you very much for joining us and not forgetting about us. Um, we are we're nearly back at the start of the season, aren't we? We'll be back to our normal schedule very soon. Um, I but guess you, you won't. I won't. I'm disappearing for the next two weeks. You won't hear my voice for a while, um, which may be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, the best ones are the ones we do without you, Chris. The Thomas Stewart episodes tend well to be the better fact. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess join these guys next week for uh, Australia preview uh, yes. ahead of the first race. Um, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch for anything whatsoever, uh, you can email us. Um, we never say email. I know I've said email, and I can't remember off the top of my head what the email address is. It's hello at backofthegrid.com if you want to email you us. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at backofthegridf1 or Facebook and Instagram. Just search backofthegrid or backofthegrid.com, where you can find a contact us form. Um, we've also got a Fantasy League set up uh, on the official F1 Fantasy League thing, so feel free to join that. I don't remember now how you join someone else's league, but the information's there. We'll probably tweet it or something. Yeah. Uh, we're also bringing back the Predictions League, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I'm sure these guys will give you all the details next week. Uh, but I think that is it. So until next week, and for me, until Bahrain, goodbye. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>